That was like accidental. <laughs> he was searching for auto pie deceptive crust. <laughs> well done. Thank you for saving that. <laughs> Welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast, and if you didn't know it, we're delivering a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. And this is episode 46. Uh, we haven't acknowledged that we're way past the halfway point. Way, way well, past? One or two past. A little bit past. It's uh, 85, what's 85 divided by 2? Calculator. 42.5. So uh, consider three episodes. We kind of... I can't believe I can do attention. that in my head. Good job. Just take 84. American education. <laughs> most people probably could do it, but... Uh, I can't believe I divided a number. I am terrible. I can't, I can't do... Twain. Yeah. He split Robin's arrow in twain. Who are we? Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. No, I meant... <laughs> no, let him... You have to introduce do, do, you have a, do, you have a, uh, do you have a bit? Guys. Yeah. All oh, right, he's got it. Right. If I were in a ship... Crushed by a giant lobster claw and flung towards a strange, malignantly shaped planet. Malignant? Malignantly shaped planet. Okay. That means cancerous. Ah, like not malignant. Like malignant? If I were to be in a ship crushed (laughs) by a giant lobster claw and flung towards a strange, malignantly shaped planet... There are no two people I'd want with me more than these gentlemen. Oh, oh, that's sweet. Thank you. I'm Ryan, and I don't want to be there. And I'm Caleb, and you can just, uh, uh, you can just go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, great. I don't know what to say. That went. So. Another great APDC intro. <laughs> yes. How about them? In the long string about, of ridiculous introductions. How about them improv skills? <laughs> uh, last episode. After tricking Galvatron into thinking he's murdered all the Autobots, Ultra Magnus and his crew regroup and decide to land, rest, and repair. And they find a place to do so. The planet, Not yet. The planet of junk. Well, yeah, they, I, they ID'd it. Mm-hmm. They found it. They okay. aren't there yet. The planet of junk is in this vicinity. And as we open up this minute, and that was a perfect ending, by the yep. way, last time around. We ended right yeah. as it faded. I love those moments. Yeah. We've had very few. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to recall... The ones There's we a had. lot, actually. It's yeah, almost it's... like it was tailor-made for this uh, format. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Flint Dilly, mm-hmm. for uh, the rewrites to make this possible. He uh, anticipated podcasts and that w- three gentlemen who have nothing better to do would create a podcast I can't a minute by minute breakdown. I can't remember the name of the guy who did anticipate podcasts, wrote it on a piece of paper, submitted a patent, and then sued every podcast that existed <laughs> oh, of note I after don't remember. that. I fucking don't troll. Oh, there's a major patent troll that uh, yeah. like basically wrote on a piece of paper, in the future there's going to be a way for people to access oh, yeah. audio recordings remotely anytime yeah, they yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, Give yeah. me all your money! I remember that was a big deal. I don't know whatever happened to that. but it, Yeah, because everybody knows well. how much podcasters make. Uh, we're about to be sued. Sorry, I brought it up. (laughs) So, uh, as this thing kicks off on time, 
I mean, we we kick off with Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming, we're coming in hot. And uh, we open up really with a landscape that's kind of watery. It's surreal. Yeah. Dare I say Picasso by way of Salvador Dali? Yeah, a little bit. And it's very like it's it's going for that heavy metal genre of, oh, of true. animation. Yeah. Yeah. The, the movie you're talking about. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's the heavy metal movie, but it was a comic book I didn't series, know that. right? I didn't know that either. Oh, for Christ. <laughs> Bringing out the <laughs> iPhone. Caleb's grabbing his phone. <laughs> Expect not to hear from him for minutes. He has research to do, finally. <laughs> uh, finally. We're going <laughs> to... You do, you do all your research while on we the, record. On the fly. How was I to know that I was going to talk about heavy metal? I, well, that's okay. Magazine. No, I'm not really making fun of you. I uh, Yes, I am. It's a ma- It was a magazine. Or it okay. is a magazine. Right. And then turned into a movie? I mean, we know it was a movie. It was a movie. There was a. I think there, there were aspects of content titties. in the magazine that they ended up turning into a movie. Gotcha. Maybe the best stories. An anth- was it an anthology of sorts? It was. Just like, just like Garfield, his nine lives. That's oh, great, that was a weird book. That was like a for, and a weird cartoon that was like for adults. There were bad words. Yeah, I mean that was weird. Like yeah, and the, titties the, and death. I don't yeah. think you saw nips. Well, I did. It was like Viking Viking boobs or something. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, There was he, some like, risque the content. Was, I think my favorite of the illustrations. But yeah, it was uh, listeners go check out Garfield Nine Lives. It's fucking strange. Or don't. <laughs> or don't if you don't care about Garfield. Because who does in this day and age? Is that still going on? Garfield. Uh, to our international, I, you know, Garfield. I feel like was probably a worldwide phenomenon. I think not so. a, just a United States phenomenon. But as a kid growing up in the early '80s, I mean, nobody had a bigger hold on pop culture than Garfield. Maybe Charlie Brown. No way, man. Gar- Garfield was like the new Charlie. Brown <laughs> the new was, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was the old. We're gonna put that on a T-shirt. Garfield was the new Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> in a sense, he was. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, he hated Mondays and spiders and normal. I would like to go back and reread his Nine Lives. I think I have it somewhere. <laughs> it, was, but it was weird. It was real. It strikes weird. me as being like, oh, there was. Oh, so I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. No, no, no. It was fine. I was just saying. It, it, it just took me when I read it. It took me by surprise that it wasn't. It was definitely more grown up. Yeah, it's not like a comic strip. It's like a, a graphic novel, really. Right. I and mean, why did they do it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who is that for? I mean, I obviously we bought it, so right. it was, well, I, wish I was. They, I collected all the Garfield books mm-hmm. at yeah. that point. They in time. Which is, like, yeah. that, that was also and a, weird, a weird format because they were in a, a strange shape of like mm-hmm. a, a rectangle. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I remember there was the the weirdest story to me whenever I was a kid in the Garfield Nine Lives was the one where he's in like a, a science laboratory and mm-hmm. he's a test. He escaped. That's fucking mm-hmm. dark. dark. Yeah. yeah. So they eventually animated Garfield His Nine Lives and turned it into like a one hour television special, but they took out some of the darker mm-hmm. ones and added some. Like there was one that wasn't in the book where he was a cat in Egypt and a pharaoh adopted yeah. him and he got buried in a pyramid. God. And that wasn't in the book, but it was in the television show. And there was. Yeah. Uh. The, I always liked the one that was very sci-fi. There was kind of like a... Which, by the way, to regroup on something we talked about earlier, uh, I finally saw 2001 A Space Odyssey oh, this really? last weekend. I forced Melody to watch it's it. Fucking boring as oh. shit. Um, that's how she would characterize it. Uh, but the uh, but there is a sort of 2001 A Space Odyssey-esque. That was his ninth life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, oh yeah. Uh, he, uh, he got, I believe, cloned or something? I can't quite remember. Something, yeah. But just to put a pin in that movie, I, I've since then done so much Wikipedia 2001 yep. research. So you like 2001, Aaron? Uh, I thought it was amazingly... I mean, I can get how 
somebody could say it's slow. I mean, it's it's a lot of listening to sound effects. And a lot of, especially when an alarm's going off and it's like eight minutes of beamer, beamer, It just beamer, moves at a, gl- like, beamer, okay, here's my thoughts on beamer, it. I feel the same way, beamer, all right, beamer, I want to murder you right beamer. now. <laughs> I feel the same way about it that I feel about Star Trek, the motion picture, the first one. It's a lot of like, oh, hey, we have all this new technology and we can show stuff that's really cool and like a lot of porn of the ship and like a, of like the galaxy and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, it, I guess at the time, but now it's like, fuck, this well, is I, cripplingly, glacially boring. I will, I will strongly disagree with that. I, I, I like the visual porn. I like, I like the, I like the um, cinematography. Mm-hmm. And um, but it, for some, it really engages me. I hmm. really enjoy yeah. it. I liked it. I thought, it, I mean. I can understand why people who have less than average intelligence. All right. <laughs> I see just, what's I'm happening here. Ryan, Ryan the problem is the problem is Ryan, you just weren't You're high. You're a stupid you dummy. Weren't, you weren't just high. You weren't. You just weren't high enough when you watched no, it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, there's probably. I mean, obviously, there. There's maybe there's a level of pretension, or maybe not. I mean, he's just an artist. Know. He. It's an art film. Yeah. He's. It it's, and it's he, not. He it's, being. Uh, Kubrick, of yeah. course, uh, mm-hmm. but 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 I mean the work that went into it from a and when I watched it, it was amazing. It was in high def. Yeah. I don't know how like it's I don't know how they translated it from amazing. film it's to to digital or whatever. I watched it on cable. It was on uh, like I can't remember if it was on AMC or Turner Classic <laughs> Movies or one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, uh, but I'd never seen it before. It is long and it feels slow. And there's like maybe. Like a hundred lines of dialogue. Oh yeah, it. it's dialogue. just all and silence. So, and, and I, but I mean, that was the point. I mean, he did it that way for a reason. I mean, he wanted the story to be kind of told in a different kind of way. He didn't want necessarily <laughs> characters to exchange words <laughs> no. to, well, to he, tell the story. He captures but, the loneliness, right? Of human, sure, of the human condition very well. Let alone those guys floating around in space out there. I will say, look, I will say, I agree. It's an amazing film. It's beautifully shot. It's like, I agree that it's a great movie, and it's like, um, you know, one that stands the test sure. of time, and it is a hallmark, but I just don't want to fucking watch that. I understand. <laughs> I can, and I, I can, I can get behind So that. Melody was falling asleep while we were watching it, because it is the way it is, and <laughs> there are several scenes with long, piercing noises that last God. forever. Yeah. And she would just keep waking up during those scenes and be like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> well, the scoring, the, the one of the composers for part of it, he wrote these atonal mm-hmm. compositions where he does have people holding lines and then have someone come in that's like a half pitch. Mm-hmm. And he, what he's doing, he's just creating dissonance. What right? could be the least thing that you'd want to listen to? Let's make it. But if you think about I it, though, that's kind of a genius. It. I really? paper about it in college. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Well, tell me if this lines up with your paper. I think it's kind of genius to do that and to contrast like the juxtaposition of that versus all the moments of quiet, like and the stretches yeah. of quiet and the stretches of just visual scenes where nobody is I mean, they're doing stuff but you can't hear it or mm. whatever, like uh it's accent. And but it can I mean it is jarring, but it's supposed to be. And sorry we went off on this uh no, no, no. tangent, but I haven't seen the second movie, which apparently oh, so God. It's, it's, is it's it so good? much worse. Well, I heard it's, it's not it's bad. It's not bad, but it, it, it's it's a completely different. It's not. The well, they same made director. it more. It was a little bit more commercial. It is yeah. a different director. I heard that Kubrick different. did give permission for that director to do it, 
But and I did also didn't know that uh, what's the author that Stanley Clark. collaborated with? Full Arthur name Arthur C. Clarke. Arthur C. Clarke. So I didn't realize that that book was written basically in tandem with the movie production. Mm-hmm. I always assumed in my head that Stanley Kubrick adapted it, but it was written together. And then Arthur C. Clarke continued to write novels after. And there's like four novels. And it, like in I terms like of, a lot of his books. In yeah. terms of like world building, just because I've been on Wikipedia, I haven't read the novels, but I know everything that happens in the novels now. Like it's amazing. It's really cool mm-hmm. world building. Yeah, yeah. For no, sure. It's great sci-fi. It's just. Um, there's a lot of shorthand nowadays where it's like you you don't need like older movies where uh, they open up and it's just you see just uh, like names it's just mm-hmm. the the credits of the opening credits I'm like we can really shortcut this like you can show the credits over actual to, movie he, he... I know I'm just saying that nowadays a modern audience it's harder to get into because we have the shorthand of like oh we know what this is and we just have we lack the attention spans that people used to have. but I I, I genuinely but do gravity think... is an attention span begging like have you guys seen gravity yeah like that's i think in the tradition of 2001 a space odyssey with a lot uh, with probably more thrilling moments probably more dialogue maybe i don't know it's more compelling like it's it's definitely not like i could see how you could get lost in 2001 a space odyssey gravity i could see how you get lost in that but not as badly well like just get distracted and that's what i'm talking about i think people who say that the attention spans are, are, are shorter i think that you're dismissing the fact that it's not necessarily yes our attention spans may be shorter but it's not even that it's the fact that we have shorthand now we understand this media sure. so you don't have to do this it. it's just evolution it. no, yeah, right. yeah 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 of right. art and now and entertainment. to the fact of like the repetitive sounds and this, Caleb, is why I get so annoyed when you send gifts. Oh, well, I do that just to give you... I do that just to antagonize you. Uh, yeah, so that's you're true. just a person that yeah. doesn't like gifts. Gifts are, are no, shorthand, I... our communication shorthand for the world nowadays. Here's, but you just no, don't like gifts. No, that's you, not him. No, I, 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 I think that gifts are getting out of control. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't necessarily like them, Uh in this case of Ryan, I can't wait to load up his his uh, his phone with. I just gifts. go through and delete them. Yeah, but like, um, here's my thing. And to the listener who does not care about this conversation at all, we have a thing where we like to send <laughs> gifts to. I mean, we got our email chain, our three way e- or uh, text, text chain. chain. And uh, I don't. I love gifts myself. Here's I'll my send problem. Them. And every time a gift comes up, Ryan has to mention yes. he hates gifts. I do. Because, like, I, and I know, granted, this is just, like, a proclivity of mine that I have a problem with. It's just, like, re- repetitive things make me so anxious and annoyed. And so something that repeats, it just makes me angry. Yeah, <laughs> but you can move why. on from it. You don't have to watch it in per- per- I do perpetuity. I do if I'm going to respond. Because well. it's still there on the screen. And so, to your point, Aaron, where you're talking about the repetitive noises. Right, right, right. I see, I see. Yeah, That's so fair. it's fair it's, enough, it, and it's the reason why a lot of music. The, uh, the, uh, I'm like, I can't visual version of that. Yes, the 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 atonal music, real quick. I just uh-huh. we we should probably post this on. Sure. A composer, Hungarian composer, Georgi Ligeti. The song that I'm talking about, I'm part of, is called Atmospheres. Here's Atmospheres. I don't see Ryan why you you don't <laughs> okay. why you can't find an appreciation <laughs> for this while watching a movie that has very little activity going on. <laughs> It's like a cat just sat on a keyboard. <laughs> oh this, my god! This is a this 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 is eight minutes long. Here, let me oh fast, my god. Let me fast forward a little bit for you. 
This feels like. Oh. This feels like in that movie with Clive Owen. Oh, Jesus. Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. All right. This feel, that feels like in that movie with Clive Owen and uh, that I like so much that I can't remember Children the name of, of Men. Children of Men. That feels like the music that the character played by Michael Caine was listening to whenever oh. they get to his house. Oh, no. I think that was a little more poppy. He Never makes mind. a reference to like some new genre of music that's available in the future, and then they kind right. of do something. I forgot about Michael Caine is in that movie. You bring that movie up so much, It's a great movie. You love that movie. Michael Caine, I did read somewhere that Michael Caine's character in that movie is inspired by if John Lennon had lived. I can see that. So we are in the uh, first second of this scene. All right, we've made it. We're on Quintessa. Um, this is, uh, by the way, one of, if not my number one favorite animated sequences of the movie. The, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, Absolutely. We sink into the ocean. These fish characters, they're These like metallic little fish. piranhas. And the little fish characters, they're such cool designs. I never noticed before as we get to 4508 to... Uh, probably about forty-five, eleven. That there's sort of like a Mario pipe thing yeah. that's alive, and it jumps up and grabs a fish and eats it. Never, yeah, I didn't never notice noticed that, that before. Yeah, it's at forty-five, ten, and it's like just a butthole that eats a fish. But the drawings are great. There's robotic seaweed, bamboo, coral, barnacles. Uh, the guys, this place seems dangerous. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's an orgy of of life and death. Yeah, that it's. I mean. I think I mentioned this later on, uh, but this is like, I think, the turning point where Hot Rod actually starts to do things. Oh, sure. I get that. Like, he actually becomes, like, I think this is where it turns around from him just being a passive person who's making terrible decisions. I I genuinely also do believe he's always making decisions based on he wants to help people and wants the best. It's just he's young and stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I think this is where he actually starts to make good decisions and make, you know, uh, actually helps shit. Well, he shoots from the hip. Mm-hmm. And a lot of leaders will say you have to trust your gut. I mean, you have you kind of have <laughs> to. You can't mull about things for very long. It just so happens that because he's immature that maybe his decisions aren't so great. Yeah. But in but he at least he had like he has some kind of instinct to help people, I well, guess. Well, yeah, and that's the thing I think through the whole movie he always does want to protect people like Daniel even though he puts him in danger, right. but like But he Daniel, also caused Optimus Prime to die. Exactly. Then that is a <laughs> that's a big negative. <laughs> So that's one in the lost column. So um, in this sequence, as uh, we continue to kind of pan on the landscape, which looks amazing. Also, I have to agree with Caleb that I love the stuff that is off Earth because it it honestly gives the writers, the artists, everybody a chance to be really creative Mm -hmm. and and, and build the world, Mm -hmm. invent the universe. And and even I I don't even think the best parts, uh, the, the most visually compelling parts have happened yet. I mean, we were introduced to these crazy robotic fish, but so... Hot Rod's being strangled, or at least... Uh, He's caught in some metallic seaweed, Correct, is what I would describe it. Correct, and uh, the, the whatever you'd call them, robotic piranhas are kind mm-hmm. of converging upon him. And this is where we see uh, a new talent of his, but we've seen him have his... Uh, he can his shoot visor. lasers out of his uh, arm sides, his mm-hmm. little exhausts. He, can, he has his visor. And now he also apparently has a buzzsaw that Which, he can retract his hand and yep. come out buzzsaw. and... Do out of his buzzing. left hand, which is very uh, Optimus Prime uh, Energon axe. 
Or, yeah, yeah, it's true. But uh, I wish it was an Energon buzzsaw. It's yeah, like a literal buzzsaw. But it's just an actual buzzsaw. But it's, like, <laughs> it's again one of those one-offs where like uh, Ratchet has the little like welding tool that comes out of his hand. Um, right. And uh, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and then um, uh, earlier in the movie where uh, Springer has the little flip-up uh, cannon that comes out of his arm. We talked about this before. I can't remember if this is related to the conversation about how you have to think Mm-hmm. To transform, yes. Do you just have to think? I want a buzzsaw in my hand, and it just happens. Or does he literally just have a buzzsaw sort of in there, and it retracts? I think, in this universe, and I've actually delved way too far into this to like the detriment of my life. I'm sure of like learning what how. Uh, Transformers transform and why and yes there's a mental component to it um, but yeah I think that you would have to to have that buzzsaw come out there because it's a, not that complex a machine but like there's a lot of moving parts and shit I think he would have had to have uh, developed it it's kind of like yoga where you know you uh, meditate and, and, and create a state that like you can get into easier if you've done it before where it's you like, don't just go to like a mod shop and be exactly. like hey I want to Buzzsaw hand? Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, where is that located? I don't know. Well, I assume that the buzz... I mean, the uh, yeah, it doesn't... Like, the diameter of the buzzsaw doesn't look like it could fit no. inside his hand hole. No, no, no. Well, but, you're seeing it spinning, but if you pause it mm. earlier, it's just a single blade. Like, it's just oh. a... Yeah, it's a... <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> So Hot Rod uh, does some slicing and dicing, mm-hmm. chops up the, some piranhas, chops up some vines. He is uh, cutting himself free here. But something that cracked me up is that whenever he cuts through it, it's a uh, bullet, like an old western style bullet ricochet sound effect. It's like, oh, yeah. And it made me think of Silver Dollar City, and it made me think of that ride that you I go love on that ride, the, with all that, with, you've got a gun, the you're flooded mine. Through. It yeah. was, yeah, it's called the Flooded Mine now. For a while, it was called like the Last Showdown or something. And then before that, it was something else. But for those of you who've not been to the Real City, the Flooded Mine is basically a live action NES game where you are shooting targets yeah. and at the end you get a Everything. score. Every time you hit a target, you hear the sound effect. Yes. Yes. And that's what that sounded it's like. It's my favorite. It's what I feel like they copied the sound effects from this movie and pasted them into that amusement park ride. Absolutely. So, uh, Hot Rod cuts himself free. He hears Cup yelling for help. He uh, looks around a little bit. He's like, where is that coming from? And he uh, swims a little bit, but then he ultimately yeah, uh, transforms. Okay, yeah. 45-44, he transforms into a car, which is like, fucking finally. I, I say this time and time again. I'm like, you're a car. Be a car. You can move so much faster in Hot Rod finally. Especially underwater. One who Cars drive <laughs> well underwater, right? It's proven by science. He cannot be, his engine cannot be flooded with water. It's a, He's an mm-hmm. all-terrain vehicle. Yeah. But yeah, I, to, to your point, yes, he's trying to actually utilize his ability to mm-hmm. transform to... Do something? Do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is the part where I really, I never really paid attention before, but I get enamored with the backgrounds. Like all of the, awesome. the seaweed... The painting is great. Corally sort of... Uh, like all this shit that's just floating up and the spiky nodules mm-hmm. guess, of, of whatever the fuck. I guess Floro Derry is finally getting his his do, he's getting his, his dues. Do. Like mm-hmm. yeah, you guys are gonna enjoy my crazy ass design. It looks so awesome. Yeah. It's great. The trans and when he transforms back into the water, I mean just the the bubbles, the bubbles, the, and the all sort the, of the, like the walking through water motion yeah, graphics. It's a good call. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reason why it's one of my favorites. And then he finally um, uh, comes across Cup, 
who unfortunately is being uh, torn apart by a giant metallic squid. And uh, there's a few pieces of seaweed and coral. I just, sorry, I keep going back to it. There's the way everything just kind of drifts It's very pretty. It's cool. Uh, But uh, so Cup is being manhandled and uh, Hot Rod approaches the squid, aims his arm cannon and concentrates a blast. It startles the beast. It causes Cup to kind of get flung to the ground there. That's basically where this thing ends. Yeah, we end with him shooting it, and again, like, actually utilizing his arm cannons, which is something I don't think we ever see in the show. So Hot Rod finally is making some sort of good decision. Well, and again, this is, like, where I start to like him. This is where it turns. Well, he's here's the deal. He does have a heroic quality to him. Mm -hmm. It's just that his immature quality outweighs his heroic Mm -hmm. quality. And... um, you know, he's always going to be this person that does this thing. He's never going to step away from danger. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just nice to see it actually pay off. Yeah, or to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he starts. And again, I think it's the difference between like before. Yeah, he always had the heroic aspect and like he wants to do good and just wants to help people. This is where I think like his mental like maybe, you know, make some good decisions starts to happen. Right, right, right. So what an exciting minute. Here's the thing I would like to see a third-party company do is make those piranhas and make this squid thing. I was going to ask you, Aaron, if any of the Hot Rod or Erotimus toys have the buzzsaw feature. Uh, Actually, this, yes, I think all of them do. There's an old Hot Rod slash Erotimus Prime. I can't remember what MP number it is. It's a... Like maybe MP8 or something like that. And I don't know the MP number for this guy. However, uh, there is an attachment to this one. And this is the newer Mm -hmm. Masterpiece Hot Rod. You can flip his hand around and put a uh, blade on it. And, 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 And the original one... and. The original one, which is taller and also turns into Rodimus Prime and has a trailer and all that shit, also has a blade. So, yes, blade is a thing. Hey, uh, I don't have any voice actors, but I do want to talk for a second or two about Spectre General. Yeah, y'all. It sounds like Ryan and I both did some research. You probably have more. Maybe we can do a back and forth. We can back it, bat bat it, bat it. Back it up and back it out. Uh, right. So Spectre General has two songs on this movie soundtrack. There's uh, and but we're gonna spend our time with nothing's gonna stand in our way. That's right. There's another one coming up later. Um, so Ryan, I'm gonna assume that you know that Spectre General is not the real name of this band. It's true. For some reason that I could not locate online, <laughs> why they call them Spectre General because they're known as Kick Axe, A X E, in Canada. I mean, these are both great names, but, like, why? <laughs> they are both awesome names. Yeah. Spectre Generals should be a why band name. Why would they have a different name for this, situ- for on the movie? Great question. I heard, I so I found a couple different reasons, but nothing official. It, so these guys formed in 1976. They're kind of like a biker band, like a biker festival mainstay in Canada through the mid-late 70s into the 80s when this uh, movie was made. And another a slightly interesting thing about this thing, they've never really had a steady frontman. Mm-hmm. They've always yeah, it's, been... it's real random. <laughs> they've always... Like, I think two brothers formed the band and maybe, like, flipped off back and forth as frontmen, but then they both left the band. 
they were always kind of doing, I think they were fairly well-known in Canada and almost did sort of American Idol style, like looking for a frontman style contest. But uh, kind of like Menudo. Uh, yeah, really, honestly. And Canadian Canadia's Menudo. Canadia's Menudo. But um, they had a minor hit in the song Heavy Metal Shuffle. Maybe we put that out there for the listeners. But as far as the name change, I've read a couple things. Um, I've read, well, I've read three things. I've read that nobody knows why they changed <laughs> the name. I've also read that. Uh, legal complications are the reason they changed their name, maybe presumably because of different lead singers and all that, like that whole struggle. And I've also read that uh, they were forced to change their name for this movie because they felt that the name Kickaxe was too harsh for the children that would be watching wow. this movie, despite the fact yeah. that they say shit in this movie and damn it in this movie. <laughs> and murder Optimus Prime. And never once yeah, were they right, actually... Right. In order for the kid to find out, yeah, how would he know? Band, right, it seems like I'm reading all the credits, yeah, mom and that's, dad. That's pretty deep, yeah. And that is the one thing that will send mom and dad over the top. <laughs> what kick axe? <laughs> At any rate, uh, the song "Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way" is actually a cover song. I did not know that. Who is the original? If anybody is familiar with this, you may be Caleb. Okay. I, um, all right. The the it's try a, me out here. English born. Australian. Oh, 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 give me some. Uh, let me see if I can. Guess. You're not gonna know who it is. <laughs> okay. I'm almost sure. English-born Australian didn't. pop rock guy. Uh, his name is John Farnham. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is a big deal. Okay. He had lots of hits. I was not familiar with him though. But, but so this song is a cover of, and, and I listened to his version of the song on YouTube, and it's not that. It's it's more of that sort of cars pop rock sort of ilk. Okay. This is more. Hinges on the metal pop side of things, but so we, they're not that different of a version. So we've got an, another Australian artist directly in kind of. Shall we do the national anthem? I mean, no, no, but, but I three did, weeks in a row we I talk did, about fucking Australia. I did leave. You've had your time, Australia. I left a huge Australian band off last week, the Bee Gees. Oh my god! So anyway, oh. let's just leave that there. I thought we said the Bee Gees were from British. the UK. No, yeah, they me are. Too. They are Australian. Oh, I apologize, Australia. Yeah, this John Farnham. It was and it was actually cre- written and performed for a different movie, 1984. Ryan, I'm curious if you would know this. Okay. Uh, it's a Linda Blair movie. How old are you on Linda Blair movies? I do love Linda Blair. Um, the movie is called Savage Streets. Have you seen this? I have not seen this movie. Um, it, you, we should watch it together. It looks awesomely bad. It's uh, basically the premise is Linda Blair's sister is deaf and mute <laughs> and gets kidnapped and raped by some sort of uh, it sounds punk, great punk <laughs> punk gang. Okay, and Linda Blair, who's kind of a badass chick, and her friends get revenge. On that gang for that happening, and wow. this song, so the song, no, that's gonna stand out our way, is is sort of a thematic song of that movie, and uh, that's and this this is a cover. Well, we should, that. yeah, I'm so, been wow. very into that. It, I, I wow. we should, well, when we're done here, well, let's watch a preview before we stop. Okay. It looks really amazing. It looks bad. I'm very as into fun. that. I love Linda Blair. Lyrically, the song—it's—I mean, it's—it's uh, it's so very like we're young, we're <laughs> awesome, we rule. Could, if you were to take the lyrics to this song and rewrite it, you'd have the perfect emo song. Mm-hmm. If you just did opposite day version of this song, 
It's emo town. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and the other song they do, uh, I believe, is Hunger uh, during the Shark Coming up. The Shark Decon scene. Man, which long. is coming up uh, also on. Have those guys ever played any cons? I don't believe, I didn't see any evidence that they've I played cons. I have seen evidence that they've gone through, you know, various turmoil. They tour, they tour Canada all the time. I think the guy, they eventually did find a, a lead singer that they felt was worth their musical, <laughs> their musical really chops. rotating cast. By the name of uh, George Kristen. And, but I don't think he's touring with them now. In fact, I think maybe the original brothers are touring. But anyway, they're a Canadian act. They will play, they think they still play like, festivals and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so they are still active. They're not putting out albums. I think they stopped putting out albums as far as I know in the like mid-late 80s. But uh, We'll add that to the list of people that we will say we're going to try to get on the show and we'll never do. <laughs> we're just, uh, we're too busy with our lives and making this show to ask people to be it's on It's unfortunate we're so busy and successful in our normal <laughs> lives that we spend hours a week. Well, well with I'm exception pretty of Caleb. fucking busy in my personal <laughs> All life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks for being here, Caleb. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, generally after we talk about these kind of things, we kind of move into what? Rip deviations. <laughs> the, uh, the average listener will know that my script deviations tend to be more mellow because my script is uh, closer to what was on film, and mm-hmm. Ryan has a version of the script that is early and uh, generally has a lot of crazy shit in it. And I'm going to do mine first because it's fun to, you know, hear the slight twists and turns and then hear the crazy <laughs> twists and turns that the earlier version of the script. So um, you'll remember from mine the last time we saw Cup and Hot Rod, uh, which this was a big turn, there was a giant metallic claw yes. that uh, kind of grabbed and crushed the ship. And, uh, well, this scene in my script opens up with a small falling object. And uh, you ultimately find out that's Hot Rod. (laughs) And uh, he keeps falling down, down, down. He plummets through the atmosphere, falls past, uh, quote, shiny rock pinnacles of unusual construction into what is called a silvery energy sea. And he splashes into it. As he sinks, he collides with a reef, so he bounces down among that. And he gets up. He immediately transforms. He tries calling uh, to his team through his intercom. And he rounds a corner and finds what is called in the script a robotoid squid that is tearing Cup to pieces. So... As opposed to a ship crashing, which you couldn't do that because it's a different parallel mm-hmm. universe, he got crushed by the claw, flung, I guess, into the planet's atmosphere, splashed through the water, and went looking for his mm-hmm. people. I, I, why didn't he splash into a ball bearing sea? <laughs> That's right. Ball bearing water. description of Cybertron or something? I don't remember. This works much no, better. No, no, no. That was the description of a Unicron, like in Jester, the ah, planet. Yeah, That's this, what it this was. works much better. In mine, um, it, on the last one, uh, we, we cut from Blaster and Sunstreaker and Wheeljack, who are... Uh, Those guys. Yeah, they are <laughs> uh, insurgents on Earth. Earth. Okay. Uh, now we go back to Deep Space, a uh, shot that features a new planet of an odd, distorted shape and color. Something like a huge Baroque pearl which wobbles on its rotation in an atmosphere of... Ne- necratious gases? Which I How had can a to... pearl be anything other than a pearl? How can a pearl be Baroque? Well, if it's like run out of money. <laughs> <laughs> Thank a you. Baroque, the auto pun deceptive. <laughs> that is an interesting description, a Baroque pearl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand the Baroque style, 
But then to, I guess, well, no, I get it. You just drew no, like no, 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 no. The, Joker the, symbols. The all planet, over. the planet's the shape of a sphere. So he, you know, I guess he didn't want to call it a baroque styled planet. He just calls it like a baroque pearl, and it kind of makes it sound more pretentious and. Well, then he doubles down also oh, by oh, saying that it has an atmosphere of necratious gases, which I had to look up that word. Necratious. Uh, it means mother of pearl <laughs> or incandescence. Double pearls. I think he's, yes. he's going. For, I think he's going for. He's going to, for color. Yeah, he's yeah. Going for mm-hmm. visualization. Uh, this is the planet Quintesson, which is what they call it in my script, mm-hmm. um, and it should be completely distinct in appearance so it cannot be mistaken for the larger planet toward which Ultra Magnus is now heading. Mm-hmm. Is it Quintesson or Quintesson? Uh, in, in the movie, Quintesson. Mm-hmm. In the show, it's called Quintessa. Quintessa. Okay. I believe that's But it that's doesn't right, exist. It? I think they blow it up in Five Faces of yes. Darkness. Yes. Darkness, but anyway. Okay. Uh, a small falling object appears high above Quintesson and hurtles down, down, down until it's in view and we see it is Hot Rod. Mm, mm, just mm. like yours, Sounds Aaron. familiar. Alignment. And then <laughs> toward the planet, trying to change the angle of his fall, regain his bodily control as we move down with him, Hot Rod says, I'm getting space sick. <laughs> oh! <laughs> As Hot Rod plummets down through layers of atmosphere and continues to fall, we track him all the way down and move alongside with him as he falls past shiny rock pinnacles of unusual construction this and bizarre landscape careening wildly. Familiar. Then we change Does it the- say Dolly meets, uh, you know, uh, Picasso? It Picasso? does not. It does not. Is that okay. what yours says? No, I said that. Oh, yeah, you're actually- me. <laughs> me. <laughs> Stop. Is that Starscream making an appearance? Yeah, hello. A Bye, everybody. I'm done now. <laughs> See you later. Oh, wow, weird. <laughs> oh, man. He comes and goes. <laughs> cool. All right, basically, the hot rod falls. That fall. was fun. Yeah. Hot rod falls into a sea. He sinks to the bottom where he collides with a high-tech metallic structured sort of brief, like you said, Aaron, um, and then transforms into his auto mode, modified for undersea action. Oh, uh-huh. didn't get any of that on uh-huh. screen or in my script. Which is weird. And also before that, he says he generates a glass bubble headpiece and takes a huge breath, which I'm like, <laughs> he has to breathe now? That's kind of like, there was an episode of the original G1 cartoon, I don't remember if it was season one or season two, but Hound goes underwater and creates glass screen mm-hmm. over his face, presumably for breathing and or clear so sight. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, pretty dumb. They got rid of it. I mean, also, and this is like way late, but I've seen people who were like, um, like memes and stuff of like uh, when Galvatron chokes Hot Rod, they're in space, why would Hot Rod need to breathe? Right. I always took it as more of like he's compressing like some fluids that he needs to do. Wiping his head off, why perhaps. would Yeah, why, yeah. Why, would, why would any of the Transformers feel pain in the first place? Excellent question. So, uh, just, or, or just like it. us, why would we feel pain? We don't have to. It's just a signal. It's, it's just a. It's, it's just a, a re- signal to say this shouldn't be happening. It's a well, re- true. It's, it's a, a reflex. Well, it's an we, evolutionary. Yeah, but, you know, but the old, development. But the transformers. I mean, if they're, why couldn't they have that too? It's, it's just true. in their brain. This shouldn't be happening. Okay. Why could they turn there it we off? Go. Well, I mean, they're still. It's just, not about turning it off. It's about you got to know that it's happening. I wish I to could react see. properly. Yeah, they're still just. Uh, Caleb, I, you're fired. I wish. I wish I could turn off the pain. <laughs> still... Okay, moving on. Uh, the robotoid squid is tearing cup to pieces, removing arms, legs, feet, a hand, which is a weird note, a hand, yes, and tossing them across the ocean floor. I don't know why he wouldn't be eating them. 
Like, why does he need to tear him he's apart? He's just there to be. He's just a big, destructive baby squid. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to tease a little bit of the next episode oh, because man. it's weird. But then we go on Hot Rod, and Hot Rod screams cup. And then he uses a sidearm to blast a squid, which <laughs> reacts by releasing a laser print ink stream, which boils out in the water in a series of dots and X shapes. Yeah, dots and X. They're going digital. Which, yeah. Why wasn't it zeros and ones? I don't know. It, it doesn't make. I mean, any if you're sense. gonna do that, but that's that's where I'm gonna stop. That's really interesting. All right. Well, a little preview of the next time. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have one of those? All right. So okay, we can. We can. I'm the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know. I, I do actually have an iconic moment. Oh I, my god, unprecedented. I know, Caleb. I'm sorry, but I mean, the the, the opening shot of mm-hmm. of Quintessa is mm-hmm. pretty badass. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It's, uh, it, the, the, the color mm-hmm. choice is great, mm-hmm. uh, and the design is well done. Yeah. Well done. It definitely takes you out of what you've been in before. Yeah. Once you realize. I mean, if, if seeing the planet from... A thousand miles away from it wasn't enough to mm-hmm. uh, let yeah. you understand this is a weird kind of place. That that helps you get there. It does. All right. <laughs> He's yawning. Caleb's sorry. Going to sleep. I'm sorry. I took a flu Ryan. shot yesterday and it's having adverse effects on me. <laughs> Don't yes. vaccinate your kids. Yeah. They'll get autism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. That's not. Let's not keep that going. Uh, my uh, iconic moment. Actually, is whenever Hot Rod uses his arm cannons because I just love it when their hardware is used. It annoys me that Ultra Magnus never uses his shoulder missiles. Mm-hmm. So uh, anytime like he does it, use them in the storyboards. Yes, but not in the movie or the show. Right, right, right. And never in the show. I don't think so. Ah, keep an eye out. I may that. be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. As Listeners. we review season three, our That's next right. project of the Transformers, the television show. Listeners, tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he does. Okay. Is he motivated to do anything at all other than just try not to be responsible for things? He's way better in season three of the show Ultra because Magnus, yeah. he's always, like he actually keeps uh, Rodimus Prime from making bad decisions. He's actually a great leader in mm-hmm. season three. Okay. It's just here that he's just this neurotic sort of and again, second guessing and stressed out mess. Again, he's had the mantle of leadership for like six hours. Right. Well, but again. He's a uh, city commander, I know. So I would think that some, like, I would think that, like, people, like, who are trying to be the CEOs of companies have a good sense that that's they're, true. That they're elevating to a level of leadership. And I would, I would agree. It's like, well, with the exception of our current president, <laughs> uh, that well, most he can't deal with that understand. now. Well, it should even, well, but Barack Obama, Barack Obama is like a better version of Hot Rod. He didn't quite have the experience, but he did have, like, the ability. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, you would argue maybe somebody like George W. Bush or, maybe, or we'll say Donald Trump maybe had experience for leadership but not the ability. Like Donald Trump, he's been a CEO of his company forever. He's been the boss of people forever, but he's not really a leader. No, I mean, real. essentially he just failed at everything and just kept getting bailed out. He failed him. upward. Yeah, he Whereas, failed upward, yeah. I wonder where our political leanings lie. I don't. It's a mystery. I don't we, even think that's a matter of political leanings. That's just a it's matter just history. of facts. Yes. Like, well, for we, God's sakes, we've learned that history or facts mean nothing. You can just create. It's he's doing chaos magic. I mean, whether or not he believes what he's saying, it's crazy because it's demonstrably untrue. 
So my iconic moment <laughs> <laughs> is the reveal of the giant squid with cup. Like for mm-hmm. whatever reason, even though I, I, my memory of this being an awesome uh, character design is is way better than what it really. It's actually not that cool looking of a squid, but it. it but my memory of it was really cool. It mm-hmm. stuck in my head. I, this part always meant something to me for some reason. Like I just always thought, and I still would like to see a third third party company make a squid. And a piranha while you're at it. They don't even have to transform. Just be articulated. Just be. Next time on the Autobot Decepticast. So we are going to see the robotoid squid rumble ravage on. <laughs> okay. Lord. Yeah, I just kind of pick and choose when I want to do like uh-huh. little alliterative you things. You pick and it's choose. Fun. things. I don't, what's the difference between alliteration and onomatopoeia? Which one's consonants oh, and which one's vowels? Alliteration is uh, consonants. Assonance is vowels. Oh, assonance. What's onomatopoeia? That is whenever it's like uh, the sound is what it, the word oh, is like bang. drip, squish, smoosh. Yeah. Gotcha. Fart. Jizz. Jizz. That's what you guys' dick sounds like when it comes, right? Jizz. <laughs> Slap. Cup is going to command cohesion of his ancillary appendages. All right. Like All right. Yeah, okay. that was great. great. Listen to us. Hey, if you didn't know it already, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play, we're on TuneIn, we're on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of them, at APODDCast. And, of course, there's the web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. Ryan, what should be on there this Absolutely. time? Absolutely. Uh, there's going to be some Garfield Nine Lives <laughs> yeah. stuff on there. I forgot we even talked oh, about that. I know. That. It's These, been a long this, episode. This episode in the past and I've just been a roller coaster. Yeah, we've been all over the place. Tangents. Maybe some heavy metal stuff. Yeah. Oh, heavy. Heavy metal. Was that made for that movie? I don't know. Do you know that song? No, I, I don't. I've seen the movie like once a long time ago. and I, I'm. It's more... one of those things stoners are forced to watch in high school or early college. No, they're forced to. That, <laughs> that is something that I don't know about. I don't know why. I don't, I've never heard of anybody being forced to watch heavy metal in high school. It's just, I, I feel mean... like it is a rite of passage where you're like, you're, you're, you're a pretend deep person right. where you've watched heavy metal. Or like, oh, uh, Donnie Darko. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We've gone on too long. I wish you could see Caleb slapping his palm into his forehead. Slap. Slap. <laughs> say, uh, Slap. That's a uh, onomatopoeia. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye, 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 bye. This one, however, came with something the original did not, which is a fishing pole. <laughs> I love, I lo- <laughs> see, this is what I love about, like, uh, just fandom. The best parts of fandom is just uh, people who genuinely love these things and then make it and are like, this is what I remember. This is like a treat for all you people who remember oh, this as no, well. Oh, I broke it. <laughs> I just broke Masterpiece Hot Rod. I broke his... Visor. Visor. Ah, uh, shit. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, uh, no. Talk I, about the things you love while I sit here and stew in anger. Oh, well, there's a lot of negative aspects to fandom. Take a picture of his broken brain. But um, I love the idea of, like, people who genuinely enjoyed something as a kid and, like, they're now making it. And I'm like, hey, everybody who likes this, here's something that is made for you. 
I That's the good part of I fandom. Don't, that broke so easily, I would just hesitate to even buy these things. Oh, no. no. Honestly, you're right, though. That's the thing. God. You have no idea Damn. how many emails I write to companies <laughs> because... They forgot a ratchet. Like one side, of, one leg has a ratchet and the other doesn't. And they obviously forgot it. And so I feel entitled that I spent this much money. Uh, I need that ratchet. Send me that ratchet. I'll put it in myself. I won't even trouble you. I'll take it apart, put the fucking ratchet in myself. Mm-hmm. But you forgot it. Give it to me. And now I, I've transformed this thing, this hot rod, masterpiece hot rod, the official masterpiece, not a knockoff, which does exist. I've transformed it once. It came in car mode. I transformed it into robot mode. His little shades just broke. It's inferior. It's honestly, it's an infuriating hobby in that way. There's always, it, I mean, they're intricate. They're they intricate are. things. And uh, frankly, at, at least I'm glad that I don't necessarily like that aspect of the toy. But it's a nice little mm-hmm. bonus feature. And the fact that I just broke it does depress me. Well, but, there's a there's but, a but, there's a two part aspect ugh. to it. Of do you like, know? Do you have any idea what? My kids do to their toys. They well, these aren't child's up. toys, right? And that's uh-huh. what I was gonna say. Is yeah. there's a two part aspect to it of like you want it to look cartoon accurate, uh, and there's a delicate nature that comes along with that. You know, most not, people hate not... this design. Actually, a lot of this this is one of the more <laughs> he's hated. To, he's starting to justify it. <laughs> well, no, no, no. There, this is one of the more hated masterpiece figures because. Of how spindly he looks, they, mm-hmm. most people feel like hot. Rod I will looks say a his legs look very thin, <laughs> and also his chest, the way it's sort of this flat. It's just this flat, uh, like folded in mm-hmm. kind of a paper feature. Like when you look at his chest on screen here, the the original, in a lot of ways, the original masterpiece is a lot better. But they released this as kind of because it's car robot sized. I honestly don't know. There were some quality control problems with the original masterpiece design. Uh, I don't know actually why they re- what caused them to remake. What are some it. new shades for them? But I don't think I don't know. So tra- for so third party companies are more forgiving and more willing, in mm-hmm. my experience, to send you so. new items than Takari Toma Takari. Takara Tomi is. Uh, I don't know. I what I might actually end up doing is ordering. The knockoff of this, which will cost like $30, this probably costs $80. I'll order that and use and just trans use this as a fun, like, now I can transform you because you're worthless. <laughs> I don't about, have to worry about it. Worthless. You're worthless. <laughs> you're bad it. and you uh, should feel bad. I can't believe those fucking shades just broke. No one's ever going to know unless they look underneath this little head skull thing. Well, unless I wanted to do like a, here's a moment from that part of the movie. Remember, mm, you, did, you, did, you did do a post of that for the Eclipse. Yeah, I'm so mad about this. Right, well, put it away. I'm not really that on. mad. I'm, I'm not the most mad. Yeah, he's not the most but mad. That, but <laughs> that kind of shit happens. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, that's why I don't generally transform anything. Yeah. It's why these are basically transformable statues, is because I'm it's afraid true. to scratch paint. I'm afraid to break things. I'm a little heavy-handed when it comes to it. And these things can be tight. Like, there's things that you're supposed to move, and they're so goddamn tight. Mm-hmm. You put some force into it, and then you just overdo it just that, just enough to, yeah, to move true. it from where it's supposed to move, but then break it. Yeah, these aren't really toys. They are, like you said, transform, like, moving statues that you don't really want to play with. <laughs> Some are better than others, and to be fair, the the actual Takara Tomy official masterpieces tend to be better for multiple transformations than the third parties. The third parties tend 
to not be as high quality. Some of them are. Like, Fans Toys is a great example. Uh, they did all these Dinobots here. They did the Springer here. Um, but uh, Fans Toys is a good company mm-hmm. for quality control. But this one right here. Not a sponsor. X, X, X-Transbots, they're the worst. They oh. they are beautiful toys that will break if you look at them. <laughs> the so don't way. try to transform them. But Sorry, I will buy dude. them all the time because they look amazing. Sorry, dude. Third-party companies will often beat Takara Tomy to the uh, to the punch, and so now I have this thing and this thing, <clears throat> and uh, you can decide which one you like better. This is Bad Cube's Sun Surge, and this is the official Takara Tomy masterpiece. Uh, yeah, well, you would. Oh <laughs> no, you should, and you should. I mean, I think there's things about it that are certainly better. Um, However, it just it feels nicer. It feels a little more premium. I feel like it is a little bit more articulated. It uh, has some cool features to it, and I think the the face is more cartoon accurate. I think mm-hmm. this is a comic, like a modern day comic book spin. Also, his eyes are too close together. But uh, anyway, and it, he's got this cool. Gun. I like the little pistol. I do, and actually, you can. Uh, Store that pistol in his leg. That's so he has a little cool leg pistol storage, as as everybody loves. But anyway, (laughs) so these situations happen. This cost ninety bucks when it was available first. I can't remember how much this was. Maybe a hundred, hundred bucks, hundred ten, maybe. But um, but now if I want to sell this, it's going to be like fifty bucks. Sure, got to deal with it because (laughs) this is out, man. Wrecked the market for this, but. Anyway, That's your problem? Which one? No, I mean, it's not really a problem. The, the problem mask? is having to, I don't want this anymore, and now i got to sell it. It's like a whole, it's not just the 50 bucks, it's also the time to invest in it. What's it with the mask? That weird. Oh, this is a, it's a reference to an episode. Actually, several characters that I have, third party and otherwise, have a mask similar to this. There was an episode where uh, I think that the, tr- the Autobots became movie stars, and this guy and... Um, um, what that guy? What's the green guy's name? Tra- not Trailbreaker, but Trailbreaker Breaker's mold mate, uh, Hoist. Uh, no, is that his name? Hoist. Yeah, I think you're right. And also Power Glide. They were on a movie set, and they were cast as aliens. And Kapow! They, had, they all had to wear that Alien mask. That mask. Yes. I get it. But uh, yeah, I think it is superior to the Sun Surge product. And it was fun to transform, for sure. But uh, it's going to be a pain in the ass to sell this thing. <laughs> you don't have, Well, you don't have to sell it. I don't have to. But you can just why not? You can, yeah. just, you can just give it to one of us. As a <laughs> as now, a now you just made things uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you co- I don't know if we've used the F word to relate to each other. I also have two chip chases. Uh... And act, interestingly enough, I think the Bad Cube one is better. They both came with Chip Chase. I don't remember Chip Chase having a relationship with Sunstreaker. I don't either. I, it was Prowl that he was... <laughs> but I have two Chip Chases. Or was it... Blue Actually, okay, I, I, like, I like the wheelchair better on the third-party Chip Chase, and the paint better. It looks like he's wearing a bomber jacket. 
But it also looks like he's wearing, uh, what are those type of glasses called? Those type of shades? Aviators. It looks mm. like he's wearing aviators here. Here, when you look up really close, it looks more, he, in the face, he looks more like the animation. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like his eyes are just indented. <laughs> mm. Anyway, I, yeah. two chip chases, two CC. Which chip chase do you like better? I like, well, there's, there's the articulation on the one on the left. Um... But I don't like the bomber jacket. I kind of like the plain jacket. I, I don't know what's animation accurate, but... I don't remember... Yeah, I think the one on the right is more um, cartoon accurate.